I think it's about trust. I think it's about trusting yourself. I think it's about coming to that real understanding of truth. So that that in your bones truth and 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 accepting that there are things that are real that are a bit out there. Welcome to Wayward Bodies, a show about our bodies and the messy places that they meet the world. I'm your host, Ellie Bauer-Johnston. Each episode, we'll be exploring embodiment, body liberation, creativity, healing, and how we can start to show up as our whole selves. Welcome to this episode of Wayward Bodies. I am your host, Ellie Bauer-Johnston. I am an embodiment guide, a breath and rest teacher, a writer and body witch, and I am so glad that you're here with me today. Today's episode is a conversation between me and my friend Lisa James. I knew it was going to be a great conversation and I wasn't disappointed. We talked about creativity, embodied truth, spiritual trust falls and what it's like to be a normal everyday human living in deep connection to spirit. It was such a treat to get to sit down and chat with Lisa. I'm sure you'll feel her steadying grounded energy coming through as we discuss being in relationship with life and the divine. Our conversation wandered through the feeling of an in your bones kind of truth in comparison to cognitive knowledge the friction that we can feel where the mystical unknowns of a spiritual practice bump up against our logic-obsessed society, and how you can become a clear channel for creativity. And we also talked about the messy realities of spiritual work in a human life, which basically boils down to sometimes it's really annoying and we have to do it anyway. But before we get into it, just a single announcement for you today, uh, just to let you know that I am currently taking applications for one-to-one work. So if you want to close out the year cultivating a deeper connection to yourself through embodiment practices and breath and rest and finding whatever path it is that helps you root into the truth of who you are, return to the truth of who you are, then I would love to work with you. If that feels like a an embodied yes, if your whole gut is like, oh, you know what, I want that right now, then you can head to the show notes to find out how to get in touch and we can see how we could work together. All right. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. I will not make you wait any longer. Away we go. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for joining me for this conversation today. Um, I mean, we're friends anyway, so it's a real pleasure to see your face. Um, And I know like folks will have had a little bit of an intro to like who you are and what you do in the world. But I thought maybe because your intro is so beautifully succinct, maybe it would be a useful place to start for us to kind of like just check in and be like, how how is your experience with embodiment like what is your kind of like history with this world uh and like where are you with it at the moment yeah so just a large scale topic for you to wander through take your time yeah so uh, i think embodiment i've been on a journey with embodiment for the last i guess 
six, seven, eight years. I kind of, my, my, my sense of time gets a little bit wobbly, but something along those lines, you know, since I originally trained to be a yoga teacher, I guess. And I think it's a, it's a journey that has obviously brought me to where I am today. Um, and where I am today is, I think, in a place where I've got quite a different perspective perhaps on embodiment than I would have done back then. I'm not teaching yoga anymore. I'm not even so much practicing yoga anymore. I say so much, I'm not practicing yoga anymore. You know, sometimes these things are quite hard to claim, but I'm not practicing yoga anymore, really. Um, do you see? Really. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit at the side step. Yeah, just a little bit. But I'm very much practicing embodiment and... For me, that's about really dialing into truth and living that truth. So I have practices that help me connect with that. But it's it's like, it's a real movement out of head and into body, isn't it? And then living from a place of knowing what it is that's running through the body and being able to express that and be really in truth with that. that that's kind of the way that I look at it and live it today. You know, I I think your story is very similar to mine, like sort of started in yoga as, you know, as a path into this world and like, but you can very easily come into, you can come into any practice from a very heady place. And I think, you know, yoga in the Western world gives us a lot of like the potential to, to do body stuff, but in a really, really heady kind of way. And yeah, how long it takes to sort of strip back and drop back from that, like thinking, 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 like, you know, goal orientated, whether you're like sort of pose focused or like whatever it is into the much more subtle work of feeling and listening uh, and and just being with, as you said, the, the truth. And I think, I think like, I feel like I find myself talking about the truth a lot at the moment. And I wonder whether you know, this is not necessarily a definition that you have to have off the top of your head, but I wonder if you can like help sort of flesh out what you mean when you say the truth. Yeah. So what I, what I talk about and what I refer to is the difference, and it's interesting because the, the words aren't actually different, right? But there's a different nuance to it for me. The difference between something that you know, so knowledge, that I tend to think of as intelligent knowledge. Intelligent is also the wrong word, but head knowledge, kind of yeah. brain knowledge, and in my bones knowledge which is what I probably refer to as truth. Mm, yeah. And, you know, truth can be something for me that doesn't make any logical sense, you know, that isn't written down on a piece of paper in front of me, that isn't fact. And I guess that's the differentiation kind of knowledge as fact, something that you've been told or taught or that is established. And then truth and truthful knowledge as something that runs through the bones of you and that that's what I would tend to refer to like something that, that lives and sits in the bones of me 
Yeah, I love that. that. That's such a beautiful sort of like weighty, visceral feeling of like, and, and yeah, I, I really resonate with that. For It's a sense for me of like sort of like back and down, like it's this real sort of like mm -hmm. rootedness. Um, and I think that, you know, even when I wasn't necessarily conscious of it, I, there was still a real connection to that. It's just that the mind is so good at being like, yeah, okay, but that's not logical. We're going to just ignore that. Like, you know, we're going to yeah. just put that down. Like, okay, great, sure, whatever, but no. And, yeah, like to to sort of slow right down and really like let that truth have space is quite mm -hmm. a challenge. Um, I don't know if it's yeah. been a challenge for you. Maybe it hasn't. Maybe you've found this super easy. No. <laughs> In short. Um, I think you know the other the other thing is 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 the expectations around you and the the way that that people maybe society needs things proven to them, you know, rather than well this is the answer because I know this is the answer. Well, why? I I don't really have a set of reasons for you. I just know that this is the answer you know and, and, the, and the media example that springs to mind is I I was married and I walked away from my marriage and literally no one understood what I was doing and I'm not I, I couldn't give an explanation for what I was doing but my but I knew that that's what I needed to do you know and, and you create this it created this real ripple amongst everyone who was super shocked didn't understand and it wasn't a rational decision it was a a truthful decision if that makes sense yeah it really does uh, i think there's certainly i've i've always been uh really in awe and uh drawn to those kind of stories of, like i think cheryl strayed has a similar one uh, well similar kind of story of leaving a marriage where it's just like like that was just like he was a good man and that wasn't a thing. Like it wasn't that he was, you know, that he was bad or that we were bad or anything. It was just, mm -hmm. this is just, I have to go. And yeah, like, was that at a point where you had been in embodiment work before or was this sort of just like the first, or well, like a, a sort of like drop in where you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a turning point. I, you know, had, had really been, when in hindsight, you know, you see these things in hindsight. I'd really been living a life that wasn't true to who I was, that was really driven towards fitting in and, you know, fitting into a, to a load of little slots that I just didn't fit into. And so that that was the tipping point. That was the turning point. And it was from there, actually, that I went back to yoga. I had had a yoga practice, you know, many years previous. I went back. I did my teacher training qualification and started to kind of carve this new path into the life that I'm living now I guess so that was eight years ago and it's been an unraveling ever since I think that's the word I'd use like a proper unraveling ever like since a jumper. I love putting things down yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> all of it falls yeah. away totally yeah yeah I think that's an interesting kind of way to wander into. Like one of the things we we knew we wanted to talk about 
when we were planning this conversation was talking about like woo and I, like I suppose it's important to say that I, I say that word with like my tongue firmly in my cheek like I think that the word woo really gets used uh in this way, it's quite derogatory. It's sort of like, it's very fluffy. It's very sort of like, oh, it's a bit woo. Like, you know, oh, I don't really, I'm not very woo. Or like, you're slightly apologetic even. Like, oh, sorry, I know it's a bit woo, but, and how, you know, how that weaves into the cultural story of logic and, and provability and like, you know, empirical science. And I am 100% here for empirical science. I'm not going like QAnon on anyone here. Like, um, but there has to be both. There has to be space for both. And yes, I mean, that's my sort of like little disclaimer about the word woo. I have mixed emotions about it. <laughs> but I think it's a good symbolizer for this sort of hazy, spiritual, energetic world that can be so hard to give language to. I'm not sure I actually have a particular question for you here. I'm just like, what is, you know, what is your experience with that, with that world? Like, I know that you've kind of been wandering into a lot of energy work recently. Um, and then maybe we can follow that through and sort of like talk about the, the friction between like the logic and the, the woo. Yeah. It's a, it's a big jumping off point, isn't it? And actually I think it, weaves back in that piece around embodiment as well so I'm 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 taken back to teach training you know and 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 starting to learn so we're back into kind of head knowledge factual knowledge right starting to learn about yoga philosophy and you know energetic systems and yes experiencing that through practice but really it's underpinned by this set of facts that you, you've learned that, that kind of show you the way. And, and as with you, I don't want to discount that. I'm really not discounting that. But from there, we've kind of travelled through seven, eight years and, you know, through, through experiences that are so much more body-led and energetically-led and, you know, where... where I guess taking you, taking me to a point of just being in the experience and not needing to question the why and the what. And I think it's about trust. I think it's about trusting yourself. I think it's about coming to that real understanding of truth so that that in your bones truth and 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 accepting that there are things that are real that are a bit out there <laughs> yeah that the world is so much more magical than we have been told it is i mean 100% you know and i i know we've discussed some of the experiences that that i've had more recently and they've just turned my perception of life upside down I mean literally upside down and you know it's taking me and it has taken me quite a time to be able to have any kind of sensible conversation about it because you you feel a little bit like oh people are really gonna 
judge me or think I'm crazy or, you know, kind of give me yes, yes and a nod, but at the same time think, you know, nothing that she's talking about is real. There's got to be another explanation. It's in her head, this, that and the other. Yeah, you're going to be the lady who's like, oh, I believe in angels and everybody like sort of sneers at her behind her back, but... Yeah. Yeah. Or you know, whatever it angels. is, you know, the, the crazy the crazy lady, like it's always the crazy lady, right? Um Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's such truth for me right now. So so I've I've had these, you know, experiences. So we talk about creativity and we talk about source energy and we talk about, you know, whether you want to call it prana or chi or life force or or the divine energy or the mother energy or whatever language you want to use yeah. for it. But having, you know, my, my recent experience has been to have a really direct connection with that energy. And it's it's absolute truth, you know, and, and it's and it's been about meeting spirit guides and animal guides and angels. And and it's a palpable experience of something that couldn't feel more real, is as real as me going to the co-op and buying you know, I was going to say a pint of milk, but I don't drink milk. So that's a really <laughs> pint of oat milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's taken a long time to get to actually, you know, have this kind of a conversation because, you know, no one wants to be judged. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wonder like, you know, you're, you're quite a practical person. You're a very like, you know, down to earth, real world kind of person. Like, I think if, you know, if one was to imagine the stereotypical kind of like fairy princess woman who like has angel cards and, you know, all of all of that sort of, you know, stuff that if you were creating a terrible character, that's what you would put in there. Like, you know, they live in Glastonbury and like, you know, all of these things. But you are like, just like very straightforward, very down to earth. And I wonder like that, that, uh, interplay of like the practical and the skeptical what that feels like or has felt like to to navigate with the truth of your experience yeah um gonna need a minute so <laughs> I, th I think that's like it's that's really interesting so yes I'm I'm a down-to-earth earth sign grounded practical you know person and people say that kind of stuff about me all the time and at the same time I'm expansive and and sensitive and intuitive and airy and and it's kind of like the, the two exist and I think a lot of the practical side of me sometimes can feel like a taught capability okay you know like yeah. like so so yes I'm still an earthy grounded person but there is also this real I think kind of conditioned taught practicality and being able to like organize all of the things and take care of all of the stuff and so there's that side too and always and, and it's always both and isn't it the so so the experiences that I've had are both super earthy. So there's a there's a place that I travel to that is underground, that's full of tree roots and and earth and soil 
and the dragon. I know we've talked about the dragon, the dragon. And then there's the, almost like the space above, that's, you know, stars and spirit guides and, and that kind of thing. So it's like the two exist and it's like somehow there's this, um, there's this living in between the two. Nice. That's such a beautiful visual. Yeah. I'm, I'm not totally sure if I answered your question, but. That's fine. Like, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm generally glad that there isn't some massive skeptic kind of sitting on your shoulder being like, Pff, um, because I wouldn't want that. Yeah, th there's been at no point, at no point, so if I reflect on that, at no point has there been within me any scepticism about what I've experienced because it feels like truth. So it feels embodied. It, it doesn't feel like, you know, I've gone off somewhere and I'm, I'm, I'm not of and in myself at the same time. Um, so it just, it just feels like truth. And when something feels like truth and you've had a practice, which is always bringing you back to what is true for you and how do you follow that, then, then you trust yourself, right? You, you, you kind of build that, that trust in, or that trust is there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, the idea of that sort of like practicing the muscle of trusting your experience, um, is such a. A beautiful kind of thing to root into um and i think it really is a practice in this you know as i always you know in this world but like you know we do not get that a lot of us don't get that built in don't get that trained in like you know we are not conditioned to trust ourselves and so yeah to to kind of like constantly be like remember like coming back and like remembering the truth remembering that you can trust it, like sort of softening into like holding that. I have really soft palms, just like holding that with like soft trusting palms. Then yeah, like that's that's a lot of I mean that's a lot of what embodiment practices have given me is like the ability, the skills to to drop all of the story, drop all of the skepticism, drop all of the self-judgment and just like move into, yeah, what, what is true, whether it's dragons or like, you know, like whatever, you know, for me, it's like tarot and like communicating with like, you know, altars and creating magic in that kind of way. Um, and it, has a similar vulnerability to it of like, oh, this feels really not logical. This is really not logical, but I, you know, if I light this candle and if I, you know, move this energy through and if I pull these cards and they tell me this story, then like there is magic in that and there is truth in that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a word there that you use, remembering. I talk about remembering a lot. I teach about remembering. So my, my teaching I put down in, in March, I'm having a bit of a break, but, you know, the real truthful teaching that was at the end of that period as I was really starting to step into something slightly different was about remembering your way home, remembering your way back to yourself. Like this, this truth exists, right? It's not something that we're creating from nothing. It's not something we're having to 
learn we might have to learn our way there mm. but but it's a process for me about remembering your way back to something yeah rather than finding your way towards something new like to me it's not new yeah and it, that, that it's it in exists. all of us as well it's not like sort of the special yes. ones like everybody has no. this yeah yeah I, I think for me it's it's sort of like uh very connected to like the animal or like the wild um mm -hmm. in you know in all of us that gets so covered up with dailiness yeah and having to live you know go to a job and do you know write emails and stuff like that <laughs> yeah 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 and I think that's what practice is right now actually for me really and that's what this time off is for me is learning to serve that remembrance and serve that connection and live this human life and and bridge like, the two yeah 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 so it's not just that you have an energetic magical practice and then you have you know taking the kids to on holiday for the summer holidays <laughs> like they are together like you know packing yeah. a packing a suitcase can have that it does have that in it as well. Yeah. 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 You know, constantly finding your way back, constantly living from that place of connection, which makes it sound maybe easy. It's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, mm, it's not. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, think... okay, like every, just back and down, back in, back in we go, <laughs> like over and over. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'd be lying if I, if I said that, um, that it was all crazy. Like I, I've had a really human few days, like really human, busy, thinky, full of lists, you know, full of, full of some necessary things that needed to happen. And so I have to work at practice at staying connected within that and bringing myself back and not, you know, spinning off into, into a frenzy. <laughs> of organization and stuff and lists and getting further and further away from from home you know from that remembered place and I well I think the nice thing the thing that I find deeply comforting is that even when I do get spun out like you know when I when I get pulled up and out of myself and I am just like a floating head and a bunch of to-do lists and like you know scattered conversations that that I can always come back that it's not that this is ruined now and broken like there is always a way yeah. back there is always the opportunity to not even begin again like it's not that sort of meditative like begin again it's just like reopening the door and then you're like oh mm -hmm. there I am again like there I am still and I think that's the work now you know that the work the work for myself and the work that I head back into will be helping open those doors mm. you know showing the way because I don't these aren't things that you give to people right these aren't things that you give to people as facts and say there you go I've taught you this yeah this is it's this not is like work that you triangle pose no even triangle pose isn't a fact like you know <laughs> um, yeah but yeah yeah it's 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 guiding guiding people back within themselves to that place of remembering and it's such a a personal journey it's i mean that's why i work yeah. so much one-to-one -one with people because yeah to 
I have yet to find a way to kind of like navigate that with, you know, five, ten different histories, different stories, different mm. experiences of the world, different expressions of of life. Yeah, and that that's it's such a sort of beautiful, intimate thing to be able to help people navigate their own way back in because it's such a it's such a personal thing. Yeah. I think interestingly, kind of like talking about that divine energy and connection to to your work even um but we we kind of know each other through the tiny uk yoga world but we know each other well because we both did the artist's way together and we kind of wandered through that together and it was another thing that we kind of knew we wanted to talk about when we were going to talk was was creativity and so yeah you're at this place in your work where you're you're in this sort of in like a little seed planted, like you don't know what necessarily yeah. is going to <laughs> spring up whenever spring happens. But yeah, like, uh, what was your like? What was your experience with the artist's way? And I like this isn't an artist's way promotional podcast, but it is a practice <laughs> and a and a journey that I've gone on a couple of times. Um, and each time it it produces some connection to. The truth, you know, and, you know, I think that for, for Julia Cameron in that book, you know, she writes about God, which when I first did it was quite jarring because I am not religious or a God person at all. But, you know, she talks about mm -hmm. God in the same way that maybe I say the divine and you're like, Whoa. um, or, you know, someone listening is like, oh, that really jangles. But it's, you know, it, it's that same sense of truth. It's that like, what is the clean truth that cuts through you without the story, without like everything else that gets layered on top. Yeah. And so the artist's way as a, as a journey back to that, like clean truth, do you have any thoughts? Yeah. I'd forgotten about the, um, the piece about God actually. So I guess the first thing is the, the artist's way is a book that I, it's a book that I borrowed from the library. Here's a story. It's a book that I borrowed from the library and then moved house, lost the book, had to go to the library and be like, I can't bring this book back. I was getting all these warning letters about this book. I was like, I can't bring this book back because I don't know where it is. So I ended up, you know, paying the library some fee and, and eventually I found this book. It sat on the shelf for a number of years. I mean, we've been here, what, four years. So it's been sat on the shelf for like three years or something, maybe a bit longer. And then... I picked it up and it was it was time you know these things come about when it when it's time so that journey and the journey with creativity has been a really big one for me it started before the artist's way and the artist's way was almost like this um there was a readiness I think to really start to embody the truth of creativity rather than you know having been someone my whole life for whom I just didn't believe myself to be a creative person. Like so far from thinking I was a creative person, it's it's kind of unreal to compare and contrast. But that that book gave me, you know, a framework of working with the themes of creativity, of exploring really how I was engaging with it, what it meant. And, you know, I, I guess today 
So it was a little while ago, wasn't it, that that we, you know, did that journey together yeah. through the artist's way. Towards maybe a the few end of last back. year, maybe last year. Yeah. yeah. So so creativity today kind of feels like living. <laughs> yeah. You know, rather than this, oh, I must get something and produce something, and that thing that I produce must hold some kind of value. Mm. Old belief. A new belief is is creativity is the process of living somehow and breathing and getting dressed in the morning and making food and writing in my journal and going for a walk and connecting with the trees and being it's just like it's a it's a hugely vast um lived experience and the god thing to come back to that felt weird when i was kind of reading the book and it's like oh I, I need to kind of get to grips with this and I can get to grips with it if I play, replace the word god with creativity or creative force or, or something and and now today having gone through the experiences that I've gone through recently these kind of quite spiritual energetic experiences I still wouldn't use the word god but that force that energy um, you know, I would talk about source or divine, that that's the language that I would tend to use. Like that is 100% real. And that that gives you a different trust, again, in the process, because there's a, something of a truth that exists around that now for me that I know to be true, that exists in my bones, that, that you know, just brings a whole different relationship, I think, with creativity the divine, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, so much of uh, the artist's way and Julia Child's work is not Julia Child's. Julia Child's work is about like butter and chicken. <laughs> Julia Cameron's work, <laughs> I'm like you know, both is great. Um, I was thinking about the Gruffalo. I was like, there's another Julia. Is she, is she the Gruffalo? I don't. <laughs> It's all the Julias in one place. Um, Julia Cameron's work is, yeah, is that that sort of, you know, when she talks about God or when she talks about what, you know, what we would call the divine or like, you know, creative connection, it's that sense of like getting yourself out of the way so that, so that what is meant to come through you can come through you, um, so that you can become a clear channel for for what desires to be created by you and you alone, because each of us can only, you know, we, we have our unique human experience, right? And we can only create from that. And we're, you know, to, to get a little woo about it, like, you know, we are here to create a thing that is, that desires to move through us and us alone. And I, yeah, I remember really struggling with that because it's a thing, you know, it's a very embodied process. Like it's a thing you can't, you can't think your way into getting out of the way. You have to feel your way into it. And like, you know, I hate it. Um, like my little, like, you know, like a bunch of air signs in my, in my chart. And I'm just like, but are you sure I can't think this through? Are you sure I can't like, just if I, what if I just come at it from this angle? Um, but yeah, like you, you do, you just have to, drop into that trust and and from that whatever desires to move through moves through and as you were kind of pointing towards it it's not my relationship with creativity and creating uh has really shifted over the past well you know past 
couple of years, but definitely the past year in that there's also, you know, if you are letting something move through, it, it helps release that grip on like, oh, I'm creating this to get a thing. It's like, if I make this, then I will put it into the world and then it will get me the thing that I desire, which is, you know, money or attention or, you know, a claim or whatever it is. And it's such a trustful to be like, well, I'm just going to create this thing. And maybe, maybe it desires to be out in the world. Maybe it desires to be a public thing, but maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's just, you know, wants to be created. Yeah. And it's, it's such a sort of, it, it's still, I think it's very easy to talk about these, these transformations or these sort of shifts in perspective as if they are set in stone and so rarely are they kind of a solid thing. So yeah, like the, these ideas or the, these changes in perspective are not like one and done. And so there's this like oscillation between deep trust in what you are creating and what is coming through and the conditioned pull to to make it mean something to like to make it do a thing to make it be productive or like you know make money or whatever it is um i like, tell me i'm not alone in this like is this your experience as well i mean i'm sitting here nodding no one's going to be able to see that watching watching this listening to this but um so, so what happened in March, uh, when I stopped teaching was I, I knew and I'd known for some time that I needed to stop teaching my yoga classes and I needed to move into something new. And, and I'd taught this, um, six months of, of coaching with a small group of, of women that was very much about embodiment and truth and space. Actually, it was, was called space and that, that was coming to an end and, you know, I, I had all of these thoughts and things that were coming through from a from a let's create this point of view. And what happened was exactly what you just talked about, where the head and the like, let's do it for a purpose kind of came in, you know, because I was I was developing the rest of my business and I was, um, you know, really creating this thing. And I I knew what everyone else was doing and how those businesses got put together. So it, it all got a little bit confused. And I, I launched this, this thing. I told everyone what I was doing. And then literally the next day I woke up and went, I've done this all wrong. <laughs> like, it took me three drafts of this big, like, you know, explanation that I put together. And I was really like, am I, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? I was like, yes, it's completely done. It's all good. I'm going to put it out there in the world. Woke up the next morning, went, I've done it all wrong. And I need to retract it all. And then I stopped teaching and it made me, I think you put a post up on, um, on Instagram about having made a French exit mm. from Instagram. And I'd never really heard that before, but that's exactly what I did in <laughs> March because nope. I made this like, I was like, oh, I need to think about this and I'm going to think about it and come back. Everything's on pause and it's now the end of July <laughs> and everything is still on pause. Mm -hmm. So yes, you are not alone. <laughs> at all I have a very recent lived experience of, of doing exactly that um yeah phew thanks <laughs> I needed that um no but it, it it's um I think it 
it can be really tricky to find well not even a rhythm but like to to surrender to like the timeline of what is coming through and to because sometimes like it's it's not that it's always slow it's not that it always like takes lots of time to kind of unfold like sometimes you get like here's the thing great Mm -hmm. and sometimes you want that and your little ego is like, oh, but I want it to just like all come through in one and for it to be like easy to do and to sell and, you know, you know, all of the things. Uh, and then it just doesn't. And then you just need six months to like pause and stare into the middle distance for a little bit and, you know, potter around your house and bake cakes or, you know, like wash the windows or write in your journal or whatever it is that that you need to do to just let let the thing be yeah without pulling it and forcing it and kind of like pushing it into a shape that would suit you would suit your preferences mm-hmm. but aren't actually aren't actually necessarily the truth yeah yeah and i feel like coming out of this place this kind of pause is going to be that it's going to be something that doesn't suit my you know preferences and 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 all of those things it's just going to be something else I feel like I'm being taken somewhere else and I've had to really lean back into that you know and and um and accept that this letting go is is part of the is part of the process yeah yeah as someone who is in the midst of emerging from her own pause, uh, yeah, it, it's quite a friction at times. You know, the old stories don't die easy. But yeah, that that sense of like again, you know, we circle around the same things over and over again. Like you know, dropping back and remembering, like you know, like back in mm-hmm. and back in and back in, and just like coming back to that trust. And you're like, oh god, I guess I, I guess I still need to trust. I suppose fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Like you know, I, it can be so easy. Like it, it can be really. F- it can be a real bad habit of mine to be like, okay, yeah, like you know, these are the these are these words, but like the reality of it is like, oh. God, really though? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I recognize that so much. Yeah, like this so isn't like a beautiful space. ephemeral kind of like, oh, everything's beautiful. No. We've got this figured out. It's just like you're in this constant like state of being a human trying to <laughs> trying mm-hmm. to do this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like with a capital letters, big full stop. Yes. <laughs> amazing um that actually feels like quite a nice place to kind of like wrap it up of like cool we're all just humans trying to figure out how to live in the world and be divine and be in connection to the divine um yeah i mean is there anything that you're like oh you know what i'm dying to kind of like add this to the conversation before we wrap things up you know I'd, i'd close by just reiterating i guess that 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 resistance and that that fight and that struggle and that friction like really requires you to believe and trust in this is my experience in the invisible support network mm. that exists around you and that's where at the moment i'm finding the 
trust and the patience and the softening and the softness around I'm in this place and I don't know where that leads me is to know that I'm not in it by myself Mm. there's a a greater web of connection and there's a really massive you know amount of of source and creative energy out there that we get to plug into and that's what you get to believe in and trust in and remember and be held by yeah 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 and that's that is a beautiful place to wrap up thank you for for taking us there it was perfect um I mean it's usually at this point that I'd be like, is there anywhere you want people to kind of come and find you? Like, do you want them to follow you on Instagram? Is that a thing? Do you have like a newsletter that you want people to join you with? So I I have Instagram and I pop in there every now and again. So that's a good place. And I have a newsletter that I will send again <laughs> at some point. I will send it again. <laughs> so, you know... Yes, both of those places, both of those places are the best places to to kind of go and drop in. Amazing. What's your Instagram um, handle? I think I'm, uh, I think it's double underscore Lisa James single underscore, Amazing. but the underscores might be the other way. I will pop so it in the show notes can, as well, so people can yeah. can find it. And then I'm guessing you can sign up to the newsletter via your website, which I will also pop in the show notes. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, or via Instagram. Perfect. Fire tree, link tree. Perfect. Yeah. Amazing. Um, well, thank you. What an absolute delight to get to spend the morning chatting with you about about the divine and creativity and being a human. Yeah, it was just such a such a pleasure. Thank you. I'm so thankful to Lisa for taking the time to have this conversation with me. If you want to find the details of where to find her. Uh, and her work as it emerges from this quiet period she's in, then you can head to the show notes to find her Instagram and her website. If you appreciate these conversations and you want to support the show, then please subscribe, rate, review, do all of the podcast things, um, or tell someone. Share this episode, put it up on your social media, recommend it to a friend. Word of mouth is my favourite way to connect with people. As I mentioned up in the intro, I am currently taking applications for one-to-one embodiment guidance. So if there's anything that arose in this episode, or any of the others, to be honest, that you want to practice yourself, that you want to take the time to deepen into in your own world, in your own body, then this is a space for you. Down in the show notes, you can find the details of how to apply And if there's any questions, you can drop me an email at waywardbodies at protonmail.com. Or if one-to-one is not where you're at right now, but you still want to work a little deeper with me, then you could consider joining the paid subscription of my newsletter in practice. Every month we do a live practice together, and I also send a collection of internet treasures and podcasts and things I've loved and a playlist, and it's one of my favourite things to do. to gather these things together and and send them out to the folks on the paid mailing list subscription. You can sign up through my website, anotherpractice.com. Last but not least, a moment of thanks for Jolie Kelly of Spreading Fire Studios, who does an eternally fantastic job of editing this podcast. All right, that's us for this week. Thank you so much for being here with me. 
Until next time, big love. Thank you.